Hey guys, we're the Dis Team, and we're back! Hello, hello, and welcome to Season 3 of the A5 iTalks Podcast. It's the podcast with illuminating conversations that empower the learners we serve. open up the new season, we want you to meet the DIS team. I'm Ashley Persley, and I serve middle schools. I'm Beth Brannon, and I serve middle schools. I'm Joanna McCumber, and I serve elementary schools. I'm Christy Moore, and I serve elementary schools. I'm Jennifer Burdett, and I serve middle schools. I'm Sherry Ritchie, and I serve elementary schools. I'm Meg Jennings, and I serve elementary schools. I'm Tanae Acker, and I serve high schools. I'm Melissa Looney, and I serve elementary schools. And I'm Erin Darnell, and I serve the elementary schools as well. I'm Anna Baldwin, Director of E-Learning and Integration for Anderson School District 5. If you've been listening for a while, you may be noticing our team has gone through some changes. We have some amazing new additions to our team, and we are moving to more of an instructional coaching role. We are still here to help you with getting software up and running in your classrooms. However, the majority of our role is that of an instructional coach, where we will partner with you. Just as our team has gone through some changes this school year, our district has gone through changes also. One of the big changes has been our new Assistant Superintendent of Instruction, Ms. Brenda Kelly. Under her leadership, the instructional department is intentionally creating and implementing action plans that will strengthen three core pillars within the instructional vision, student academic growth, teacher efficacy, and instructional leadership. You might have seen and heard about these pillars at various meetings around the district. Ms. Kelly believes that when all three pillars are strengthened, we become stronger and more successful. So the question is, how do we take these three pillars and translate that through our instructional practices every day? Well, first, let's explain what our mission is as a DIS team. We are an incredible team of educators dedicated to empower, celebrate, and inspire the learners we serve. We collaborate with all stakeholders to provide and support high-quality learning opportunities through innovative integration of instructional technology. Our mission is our lens, is how we view everything. We want to share with you how we as a DIS team will support you in the three pillars, student academic growth, teacher efficacy, and instructional leadership. Let's first talk about student academic growth and how we as a DIS team support you. As a DIS, we support academic programs to engage students and support academic growth and learning targets. We know for teachers it can be challenging and overwhelming to try to learn and use all of the programs with proficiency. So we're here to provide whatever support our educators need. Beth, the Atlas book that we as a team are doing a book study on, you mentioned a quote from Weston Kishnick. Page 29 It's through your creativity, not some constricting so-called magic bullet, that your students will want to engage in their learning. That means that the teachers are using their creativity in the classroom, not relying so much on the magic bullet where we would say the um, computer program or the software program or the app, but more being creative. And our job is to help the teachers creatively incorporate and blend those apps and software into the learning to increase the student academic growth. You bring a good point up that 
as a teacher, the program is not replacing you. It's to co-teach with you or to supplement what you're already doing in your classroom as a teacher. It's to enhance that instruction as you engage your students. That's correct, Danae. We see the programs that we support and help teachers with, not as a magic bullet, but as another tool in the teacher's toolbox, along with everything else that they can use to engage students in the classroom and help with academic growth. A lot of us love to listen to the podcast by Jake Miller, and he mentions that the goal is not the tool. It's not what tool can I use today. The goal is whatever your outcome is for that lesson. What is your student objective? And once you figure out where you want to go, then we as a DIS team can say, oh, well, here are some options that you have. Here are some tools that will help you get there with your students. So I'm wondering, what are some specific examples of ways that you guys have seen the tools being integrated in a way that it helps amplify the teaching and learning as opposed to being the focus of the teaching and learning? Actually, a lesson that comes to mind for me is one that I did with English one teacher, Miss Daniela Collington. She was teaching personal narratives in her class. And in that class, they had to write their essay and they covered the standard. But to level up, they used WeVideo to turn those personal narratives into mini documentaries. Using that tool gave them real world application as well as enhancing that, that academic writing. I have a fourth grade teacher. They're doing a weather unit and she's going to get her students onto Canva and they're going to get to build their own presentation about weather. So instead of having a cookie cutter, these are the things you have to have. I like the analogy this morning we talked about in our discussion, the sandbox. She's going to give those parameters, but then the kids get to fill in the sand and they get to fill it in how they want to fill it in using Canva uh, to share their creativity and their knowledge. In my own experience, um, I'm really excited about an upcoming lesson that I have with a science teacher. Her students are learning about kinetic energy and mass and velocity in terms that I'm not really confident on. I'm not the content knowledge expert of those, but we are collaborating together to bring in um, a device called the Spheros, which is a robotic tool that we have in our ILL labs in the media centers of schools. And students are going to have an exploration time with that tool to see what happens to it when it's going up a hill or when it's on a flat surface or when it's going down a hill to kind of see the effects of mass and velocity and kinetic energy and how that changes when we change different variables in the equation. Erin, you made a great point about um, Canva. I was working with the fifth grade group at Concord Elementary, and they were talking about how they wanted to present the students' um, work in a different way and have them create a fifth grade portfolio. And they are going to use Canva to create these portfolios, and they're going to have their table of contents and everything with that. But the students are going to be able to use this live document to update as they finish units and share with their parents through a QR code so that they can see what their students are doing at the school, as well as be able to um, show all of their friends and family what they have learned throughout the school year. A lot of our examples have been sharing how teachers are using it as a whole group, but we've also had teachers reach out to us for differentiation. And they reached out to us for enrichment, but also to help 
those students that are a little bit behind, how can how can I help them? What tool can I use the best to, to support them? And we all know nothing's going to take the place of the teacher. The teacher's methodology is very important. The teacher there teaching the content. But there are things that we can help say, ooh, this would be a great thing for them to be able to work on that skill they need. Maybe it's an Ozobot. Maybe it's a B-Bot. Maybe it's um, Reflex or IXL. But all of these tools... It is how they are utilized that will provide the success. And that's what we need to remember. The tool, as we stated, is not a magic bullet. It's not going to solve everything. But the way that it is used and its effectiveness depends on how the teacher is utilizing it. And if they're using best practices, then that, along with their best practices teaching, is going to create student academic growth. So what I hear you saying is that we're we're putting our emphasis beyond the tools. We're focusing on the strategies. And another quote from Wesson Kieschnick in the Educator's Atlas comes from page 27. He says, we orient blended learning around empowering our teachers to use technology to enhance their instructional efficacy and learning outcomes. That helps us to transition right into the next pillar, which is teacher efficacy. And teacher efficacy definitely affects student academic growth. At the district level, we spent this summer talking about teacher efficacy and what that means for the leaders in our district and the classroom teachers. When we met in July, Ms. Kelly asked all the administrators in the building, do you believe that all students can learn? And her point to that question was, if we believe that all of our students can learn, that empowers them to reach that goal. So if you have a student that has a disability or maybe or has some adversity, we still need to have the same standards for those students. We can't lower the bar. We need to have the same bar raised for that child as we do for all of our students. So having that teacher efficacy that we believe every child in our classroom under our instruction can and will learn is uh, an important role that we feel that if we can have that in our district that we can see student academic achievement grow in the district. We as a team talked about teacher efficacy and how meaty that phrase is and within that foundation of believing that every student can learn no matter what then if the teacher truly believes that then they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that all of their students are being successful and reaching those goals. And I think also in our position, it's important for us to believe that all teachers can learn as well. When we're trying out new softwares or when teachers are trying out new strategies, um, it's important that we go alongside them and assist them and partner with them as they're trying these things out because it's new to them. For us, it may come a little bit easier, but for the teacher, it's something new and outside of the box. So if we can also have that belief in our teachers, I think they can go very far. When we do our trainings, we know that teachers will be using these programs every day, and we try to surpass our basic knowledge of the programs to the teacher. And usually when we finish, we, we let the teachers know that they're going to be the ones using this every day. So we try to encourage them to not only share with us, but also with their colleagues new things that they find um, that can be useful. Christy, I'm going to tout your horn for you. You have been working with some teachers at one of your schools, in particular one teacher, and as a team, we have seen this teacher's efficacy rise. 
and their ability to not only take the knowledge from you, but now they're also starting to spread that throughout the rest of their school. So can you share that experience and what else that you're doing uh, to help build teacher efficacy within one of your schools? I believe that once we support teachers, and that's our whole role when we coach teachers, is that we're trying to empower them. And I think once this teacher saw someone believing in her and saw someone supporting what she needed in maybe a different way than what she originally was anticipating, but once we built her comfort level, she was then willing to share it. She was willing to try something new. She was willing to let the children explore a little bit more, which built in that differentiation, which then helped support the students when they were going into other classrooms that they then could become the experts. So once we kind of help with that coaching aspect, it kind of has a domino effect where it then empowers everyone that it touches no matter their comfort level or their experience. Thanks, Christy, for sharing that because one part that that's very important is, that you talked about was how you built the relationship with the teacher and that allowed her to go beyond even what she was originally anticipating. And I think that's important for all of our teachers to understand is that we are here to support you in any capacity. Um, it's important for us to help you understand our role, but most importantly, feel comfortable so that maybe it makes sense for us when we're planning together, maybe the disc comes in and co-teaches. If it's a brand new tool, that pressure is not put on the teacher solely for teaching a lesson and having to incorporate the new tool. Maybe we come in as a dis and we say, okay, you teach the content because you are the content expert. We will come in and pick up where you need us to and we'll instruct the students on the program or the software side. Or it might be that you need us to model the entire lesson to show the connection between the content and the program. Or it might just be a cheerleader in the background. We can serve in any of those roles, but it's important that as we are building teacher efficacy, a huge part of that role is building our relationships. And so for teachers to understand that with students too, that relationship role is huge. And Melissa, you brought up a good point about co-teaching and modeling. And I know in my role at my schools, that's one of the things I love the most is going in that classroom, helping the teacher with something maybe they're not completely comfortable with, while they may be, like you said, the expert at the content, they need that extra support, whether it be a program, using the technology, doing something different with the Chromebooks. We want the teachers to know, don't be afraid to call on us. We want to be in there. And that's a job of a good coach is we're in there to coach you, to help, to encourage you, and to provide that support that you may need. I think it's important for everyone to um, remember that every dis on this team has been a classroom teacher. So we understand and we know what you're going through and we want to support you through that. Each of us have expertise in different subject areas. Um, and obviously a lot of our passion is technology. So in our classrooms, we utilize technology. And so we are here to support you in your classrooms and we were once in your shoes, and we will be glad to come back in and go back to our first love, which is teaching students. And the great thing about being in your classrooms is that we get to serve as a witness for your strengths as a teacher, and we get to celebrate those strengths, not only with you, but with your admin, with your colleagues, with 
district people, we want to share the good things that are happening in your classrooms. Just last week, I was able to go in and co-teach with Jana Tightloff, a college and career readiness teacher at McCants Middle School. I was um, introducing FLIP to her students. This is the first time Jana had ever used FLIP in her classroom, so she reached out to me and said, Beth, can you come in and do the first lesson with the students so I can watch you do it? And then she took it after that. And the next day I went in and was just blown away at how awesome her lesson for FLIP was. Her instruction with the children in the program and also um, what they were doing with the videos was just incredible. It was so much better than I did, actually, the first lesson for her students that um, it really blew me away. Beth, I think that's important for us to realize that as a DIS, we can come in and do the first lesson for you or even have a one-on-one with you um, as a teacher and go through the program with you if it's something you want to introduce. But again, what you do with it in your classroom, the creativity that the actual teacher, classroom teacher can bring to it can is so much more than we could ever do as a DIS because you know your students, you know your curriculum, and you know how it should go. We as a DIS team are here to support you in doing whatever it takes to get all of your students to succeed. The third pillar deals with instructional leadership. And as a district, we have been intentional at looking at professional development plans for this school year. We were able to have the Innovation Learning Summit for the high school teachers and uh, administrators at the beginning of the school year. At the elementary level, we are working with the elementary principals and teachers by various topics that they might be interested in. At middle school, we are looking at bold schools and they have a focus there for this year. We're doing some lunch and learns with special education law topics you'll be seeing within your schools. We have coaching cycles that are going on with your DIS team. Also with uh, some district office personnel will be coming in doing coaching cycles in ELA and mathematics. Um, we have training on uh, accountability and how we can look at our data and observation data and other building level data to really increase the leadership within our district and within the school. And I love how our schools and our entire district is turning into one big learning lab for everybody to showcase those good things that are going on in the classrooms, but also to learn from each other. It's so important that we collaborate, not just within our schools, but even across our schools and across our district, because there's so many good things going on. Can you tell us more about those learning labs and what our district office personnel are doing when they're coming in and observing what's happening in our classrooms? So we are looking at the 4.0 rubric, and we have condensed that for a 20-minute walkthrough. And what we're doing is we're collecting the data, and then we'll report that data back to the school. Um, The schools are also using this instrument because we're going through accreditation this year, Cognia. We are also collecting data for that visit in April. We are looking at the data from that instrument, which again is directly correlates with the 4.0 rubric. And the schools are looking for an area of refinement and an area of reinforcement. So once they have that, they can set goals for themselves for the month. 
So each month we'll be looking at that observation data and schools will have that data and be able to look at those two areas and set goals for themselves for uh, for the month. Ms. Baldwin spoke a lot about data. So one thing I know that we do with our instructional leaders is uh, we try to help them look at that data and decide which tech resources that amplify teaching and learning to get the greatest result of student achievement. Um, and we kind of look at our students as a whole and decide what is going to be the best for the students in the building. As a reminder, Anna mentioned the learning labs with the district office coming to, into classrooms to observe. Even though it is aligned to the 4.0 rubric, these observations are not evaluative. Just like the DIS team, they are there to celebrate the great things that are happening in your classrooms. Thanks for joining us on our first episode of Season 3. The DIS team is excited to work with you this year. Beside you, co-teaching, being a support and lifting you up as a cheerleader, whatever it takes to help you do whatever it takes for your students. As we continue the year with our instructional focus on student academic growth, teacher efficacy, and instructional leadership, we look forward to partnering with you. See y'all later. This concludes another great episode of iTalks, produced by the Anderson School District 5 Digital Integration Specialist. Want to learn more? Check out the show notes and resources on bit.ly forward slash A5 iTalks.